the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Chris Wallace needed a mute button. America needed a mute button, actually, for the debate last night. I have a feeling there were a lot of mute buttons pushed between 9 and 10.30. Might have been a lot of channel changing, too, or just, uh, you know, the on-off button on the TV being pushed. It's hard to watch. I thought about bailing out several times. I hung in there, though, watched the whole thing. I can't imagine that there was, after I watched it, the first my first reaction when it was over was I, I can't imagine that there was one mind or one vote changed based on what was said on that stage for 90 minutes. Uh, Chris Wallace lost control about 40 seconds in, never got it back. Now, President Trump is getting most of the criticism for the interrupting, but uh, Ari Fleischer uh, tweeted that he went back and looked at it. I didn't have the guts to go back and watch it a second time, but he did. And uh, he said that if you go back and look at the video, which he did, you'll see that in the first few minutes, the president spoke for two minutes uninterrupted. Then Joe Biden spoke for two minutes uninterrupted. Then it was the president's turn to speak. And as he began to speak, Joe Biden interrupted him. So I guess you could say Joe Biden started it. Who knows if it would have happened anyway, but he was the first one to do it. And that's the way it went for the next 85 minutes or so. And Chris Wallace needed to take control. Yeah, he was, I know he's dealing with the President of the United States and the former Vice President of the United States, and you got to show respect, and it was important, uh, and it was an important event and all that, and blah, blah, blah. But he let the event get away from him, and at some point he should have scolded both of them. He should have stopped and said, you guys have a choice. Play by the rules and answer my questions without interrupting your opponent's answers, or I'm going to stop asking questions and leave the rest of the debate up to you. That would have been a tremendous move by Chris Wallace, and he should have been prepared for that, and he should have gone into the debate. I mean, I, I, I admit that there's some second-guessing going on here, but he's been doing this for a long time, and I think he should have spotted what was going on, nipped it in the bud, and he should have said that, um, I'll just give it to you guys and let you guys just scream at each other for the next Whatever it is, whatever less of a left of our uh, 90 minutes, a, a good time to have done that would have been about the 15 or 20 mo- uh, minute mark. And whoever the moderator uh, is for the next debate uh, should let them both know that he or she will not be part of an argument and should uh, the, the, the next moderator should reserve the right to just bail out and turn it over to them if it turns into a shouting match again. Now, of course, Joe Biden didn't fall asleep. Uh, and so he cleared the bar that was set for him. That's all he had to do was stay awake, uh, and he was able to do that. Somebody I saw on Twitter was brave enough to go back and look at the number of times Wallace interrupted each of them, and he did it many, many more times to Trump than he did it to Biden. So that's the way that went. When we come back, we hope to have Hogan Gidley here. He's the press secretary for the Trump 2020 campaign. He spent a lot of time since 1030 last night giving voters his impressions of how it went. He'll do it for us in just a minute. Stick around. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you 
you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. I recently spoke with Brian Sheely with Fellowship Home Loans, who had good news even in these crazy days. Larry Elder here. Interest rates are at historic lows, and thousands of people are cashing in with cash-out refinance loans. But Brian also had a word of warning. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are planning to implement a 0.5% fee on their loans beginning in September, but pushed it to December, meaning by the end of the year, the price of a loan will go up. So if you've been thinking about a cash-out refinance or home purchase, it's time to call Fellowship Home Loans at a number just for my listeners, 800 800- 853-LARRY, 800-535-2779. Or online, it's fellowshiphomeloans.com slash Larry. Mike, Brian, and the entire Fellowship Home Loans team have helped many people find a way out from under crushing debt. Maybe they can help you too. It's worth a call to 853-LARRY, 800-535-2779, or check fellowshiphomeloans.com slash Larry. Welcome home. Intercontinental Capital Group, DBA, Fellowship Home Loans, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS, number 60134. You've heard all the lies about President Trump. Trump is a racist. Trump is Putin's pet. Here's the truth. Trump is the most effective conservative president that America has had in decades. And every lie they spread about him is targeting you. This is Kurt Schlichter, and my new book is called The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. It does what no other book does. It knocks down the 21 biggest lies about our president with facts and logic and humor. Trump obstructed justice. Trump hates immigrants. These are big lies. And the reason for the lies is simple. President Trump is the first president in a long time to stand up for the Constitution and for conservative principles. And when the left wants to tear down everything this country stands for, my new book, The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You, explains why this president's courage and common sense are exactly what we need today. This is the most important book of the year. Read it and you'll agree. The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You by me, Kurt Schlichter. Get it wherever books are sold. Dr. Sebastian Gorka, former deputy assistant to President Trump. Here. Have you been watching the statements for your IRA or old 401k? Are you tired of volatility and risk in the stock market? Are you concerned about the stability of the dollar as you prepare for retirement? It's time to add the safety and stability of physical gold to your retirement account. Many IRA clients at Midas Gold Group have seen their accounts grow by 35% or more over the past year. Call Midas Gold Group today to get their IRA guide outlining the little-known tax laws that allow you to own physical precious metals with your existing IRA. Don't gamble your entire retirement in the Wall Street casino. Diversify your IRA with physical gold and silver today. Call Midas Gold Group now at 480-360-3000. That number, 480-360-3000. Or online at MidasGoldGroup.com. Tell them Sebastian Gorka sent you. MidasGoldGroup.com. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer. Last night's uh, debate is not getting great reviews. It uh, came across more like an argument than a debate, uh, and and there is a big difference. Hogan Gidley is the press secretary for the Trump 2020 campaign, and he joins us now. Hogan, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate the time. So uh, we're really happy to have you here. Uh, I saw you, by the way, before I get to my questions... I did happen to see that uh, you went round and round on CNN last night with the uh, with someone, I forget who it was now, but uh, with the white supremacy angle. It was John uh, Berman. It was this morning, actually. Oh, was it this morning? Okay, I saw it on. Yeah. I saw it online. I thought it might have been last night. Okay, well, you you did you you held your ground there, and uh, he was kind of shocked that you wouldn't back down. But I liked it anyway. Uh, <laughs> bef- before we get to the substance of the debate. Uh, how are the president and uh, people on the campaign feeling about the style? Uh, you know, not so much who won and who got to say what and who lied and who told the truth, but just the way it came across. Well, the the president dominated the debate because he is a dominating force 
in American politics. It showed Joe Biden to be weak. He was lost at times. Uh, the president had a grasp of the issues, uh, pointed to all the record-setting successes he's had in just 47 months compared to the 47 years of failure for Joe Biden. Um, and, he, and, he, and Joe Biden really didn't have much to come back on. All the things he's telling us now uh, basically point out the fact that, you know, he, he promises that now he's going to do these things. Somehow now uh, something's triggered in his mind that, that he's going to be able to make all of these promises um, actually uh, turn into reality. And that's just not the case. Joe Biden's had his chance. In fact, he's had half of a century's worth of chances, and he's failed in those. And I think the debate was a good opportunity for the president to get up there and say, you know, I'm taking it right to him. I'm going to be aggressive. And I know a lot of people out there, uh, you just point out, said, wow, that was really aggressive. Listen, we live in a dangerous world. You know, when, when you need a president to step up and make a trade deal that actually works for American citizens and our farmers and our ranchers, not other countries like Joe Biden did, that's where that comes in handy. When you need a president to stand up to dictators um, and get our hostages back that have been languishing in prisons – for years under the Joe Biden administration, that's where that aggressiveness comes into play. When you need to make a trade deal um, work and a peace deal <laughs> that is something that no one ever thought possible, um, you need that type of attitude and that type of toughness. Joe Biden couldn't make those things happen. He didn't make those things happen. So that's the type of, of person President Trump is. There are plenty of people out there who may or may not like what he says on any given day or what he tweets on any given day, but the results speak for themselves, and your life, most likely, is better off because of what President Trump has done. He has improved people's lives regardless of race, religion, color, or creed, and that was proved last night. And what was, uh, what was is your reaction to the media reaction to it? Um, was it uh, as what, uh, pretty much what you expected? Yeah, I, I tweeted out, um, I guess, yesterday evening, about an hour before the debate. I wanted to make sure I got it out, and it basically said uh, something along the lines of, it doesn't matter what happens in the debate. Um, the media is going to declare Joe Biden the winner. In fact, they probably already have their tw tweets written up, have their stories mm -hmm. written, their headlines written, ready to go, because they have a vested interest in seeing Joe Biden win. They want him to be president. They don't like Donald Trump. They don't like someone who upsets their way of life, who actually keeps promises to the American people. They'd much rather have the issue to write about as opposed to successes. And so I knew that was going to happen. No surprise to me. Now, as a viewer, uh, I said in the opening of my show here today that I found it really hard to watch uh, from a stylistic point, a standpoint, and just uh, it was um, it was hard because they were talking over each other, and I thought that Chris right. Wallace did a really bad job of um, keeping it under control. He could have done a better job of that. But or, or do you think that the that the voters were able to get what you wanted them to get through the clutter there, through you know, with with what happened with the way it just seemed to deteriorate into a, uh, an argument, do you, or do you feel confident that the voters got the message you wanted them to get? I think what the what we wanted the message uh, the message uh, to, to get out there and for the voters to receive is that Joe Biden has a 47 year career of failure in elected office. This president's come in, in a short amount of time and has remade the economy uh, to work for all Americans. Has defeated ISIS. Has rebuilt the military. Has put in trade deals, peace deals. Uh, cut taxes, and those things have been pretty clear. What we weren't going to do is allow Joe Biden to lie about the president and not have Chris Wallace fact-check him in real time for all of the talk ahead of time that President Trump had to be fact-checked. It was Joe Biden who would start making claims that Chris Wallace refused to push back on. When Joe Biden laughably said, I don't support the Green New Deal, which of course would kill 10.5 million energy jobs, it's on his website as something he supports. It, uh, when he did come out and support it, all the headlines in the New York Times, the Washington Post, said Joe Biden embraces the Green New Deal. Kamala Harris, his pick for vice president, is literally a co-sponsor of the legislation. And so 
if if if, if Chris Wallace isn't, isn't going to call that out, the president is. And one more thing, there's no red-blooded American within the sound of our voice that's going to let someone stand next to them in front of millions of people and lie about them. To say something as nasty as Joe Biden did, that this president is somehow a racist, is so offensive and so false, I wouldn't let that person finish the sentence, and neither did Donald Trump. Yeah, I, uh, Chris Wallace asked the president, this is one of the things that, that stuck out to me, and, uh, and, it, and I thought of, as I was watching it, that this is one of the reasons why uh, President Trump was forced to kind of force himself into the discussion. Um, Chris Wallace asked the president about the New York Times story on his taxes, uh, and that's fine. That was a legitimate, you know, little, legitimate question at that point. But the president had to bring up the $3.5 million that Hunter uh, Biden received from a woman in Moscow. Did he have to go into the, uh, the debate assuming that those kinds of issues uh, that might make Joe Biden a little bit uncomfortable were not going to be brought up by Wallace, so he had to be prepared to make sure he gets them in one way or another? Well, we thought they would be. I mean, billions of dollars after a trip on Air Force Two with your dad from China, uh, working at a, a, a disgraced uh, company, Burisma, that was under investigation as well, getting $3.5 million, as you mentioned, from the wife of the Moscow mayor. Those things need to be talked about. It's not like uh, when Joe Biden said that children were basically off limits. That was a lie. I mean, they hauled up the Trump children to, to Congress to go on, uh, in front of Capitol Hill and ask them tough questions behind closed doors. So you're telling me Hunter Biden isn't uh, an issue in this campaign? It absolutely is, especially when you have a private businessman with his children running a private business, becoming extremely successful, a billionaire, in fact, versus someone who's been in public life his entire time. And I'll tell you, what was fascinating was watching Joe Biden, you know, poor mouth everything and say, I don't ever, I've never made over $400,000. What are you talking about? And then they tried to be cheeky and release that tax return of Joe Biden's. Turns out they made over a million dollars, several million dollars, in fact. So it's interesting to see the lies come from Joe Biden that no one wants to press him on. And um, what about the claim that uh, the president glorified the, the Proud Boys, um, uh, which is, which, which, which uh, people, which I think Wallace at the time uh, last night during the debate actually referred to as a white supremacist group. Uh, it isn't actually a white supremacist group. It's uh, the leader of it is black, a black Cuban man. Um, but the media took that and ran with it, and that's that's what you got into it with the, the guy on CNN this morning. Um, what how how is that uh, shaking out today? The whole Proud Boys issue. Well, again, it's one of those things that we have talked about many times, and it's like the media doesn't even get it. In the moment, the president said, when, it, when asked, would you condemn the Proud Boys? Would you condemn white supremacy? He said, yes, sure, sure, sure. Three times in a row he said that, and then told them to stand down, get out of the way, because he wants law enforcement to handle things, not armed militia. He said that before as well, been very consistent. But when Joe Biden gets up there and says the reason he's running is because of what President Trump said about Charlottesville, that there were good people on both sides, that is a lie, uh, not just because of what um, the mischaracterization of President Trump's remarks are, but because of uh, uh, Chris Wallace refusing to say, sir, I'm sorry, that's not the whole quote. The whole quote is followed up when, when uh, uh, President Trump said, I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis. I'm not talking about the KKK. Those things should be condemned, period. We have to eradicate those, that type of hatred in our country. He said it many times. And I'm not going to take a lecture from Joe Biden on race because he was the one who went to a funeral for a former exalted cyclops of the KKK and said how great the man was. It was Joe Biden who touted an award he got from George Wallace, an avowed racist. It was Joe Biden who's on camera saying he was worried his kids would grow up in a racial, racial jungle. He was the one who marveled at Barack Obama saying he was articulate, quote-unquote, and clean, quote-unquote, saying to an African-American reporter, you're a cocaine junkie. When asked about who's, who African-Americans are going to vote for, he says, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. That's the type of mentality Joe Biden has. And for anyone to try and to impugn Joe Biden's problems of the past onto Donald Trump 
is absolutely ridiculous. It was this president who not only did more for the African-American community in, in four years than Joe Biden did in 40, uh, this president also was the one in private industry who opened up his companies, opened up his properties to African-Americans and Jewish people when other people would not do that. He is completely and totally uh, respectful of all other races, colors, creeds, and religions. He has been so his entire career. He will be so his entire presidency for the next four years. We're talking to Hogan Gidley. He's the press secretary for the Trump 2020 campaign. I have a few minutes left here, Hogan. Um, do you get the feeling that the Democrats and the media are aware of an increase, especially the Democrats on this, but, uh, but both are aware of an increase in black support? And uh, oh, yes. for Trump. And that's why they insist on keeping uh, keep on, on pounding the president on the white supremacist stuff. hundred percent. They know if he gets, uh, you know, well, first of all, let me say it like this. In 2016, the president overperformed past Republican candidates in the African-American community and in the Hispanic community. They know. They've been trying to keep the African-Americans, you know, uh, in their voting block soundly for years and years and years. And they have. They know they've been trying to give amnesty to illegal aliens on the Democrat side so that they could keep those voters as well. This president has done so much for the African-American and Hispanic-American communities, much less the rest of the country, by the way, that the African-Americans and and Hispanic-Americans are looking around going, wait a minute. I've been promised so many things by the Democrats. They've never delivered. This president is and has. My life is better because of President Trump's policies. The media knows that. The Democrats know that. And so what they're concerned about is if he gets a foothold into those communities, those voting blocks, that it it threatens their power as Democrats. They don't want that. That's why they're going to do everything uh, up to and including lying, cheating, and stealing to get it done. Uh, Biden uh, tried to sell Antifa as an idea rather than uh, a terrorist organization. Um, are the Democrats going to try to sell that one? They're trying to. I mean, it's Antifa who openly talks about targeting police officers, who openly talks about um, assaulting innocent Americans in the street, beating people up, smashing in storefronts, uh, stealing merchandise, burning churches, burning federal buildings. Um, This is what Antifa does. They're proud of it. And so for Joe Biden to stand up there like he doesn't have a clue about any of this and say it's really more a set of of ideas, really, than an organized group is absolutely insane. No one's buying that at all. People see the video. People read the threatening um, emails, read the threatening posts from members of Antifa. We've seen their actions. Uh, They are horrific. And the president is the one who designated Antifa and the KKK as domestic terrorists. Joe Biden never did that for Antifa. He shouldn't do it against the KKK. But this president did because he understands the threats that exist and how to prevent them from hurting American families, destroying uh, American neighborhoods, and killing American businesses. Yeah, somebody had the idea to bring in a a U-Haul truck with stuff to help with the rioters. That was a pretty good idea. Um, Speaking of ideas, um... pretty good idea. Yeah, I have about a minute and a half left here, Hogan. Uh, I wanted to ask you about James Comey. He had some trouble with his memory today when testifying in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Any chance that the Russia hoax becomes more of a part of the campaign in the last month with what's going on with that right now? Oh, we will see. Adam Schiff is talking about Russia again, and um, you know, and Nancy Pelosi's talking about impeachment again. I thought I stepped into like some type of time vortex or something. Um, but but look, Comey Comey is obviously a disgraced liar. He's a leaker. Um, I haven't watched much of the hearings today. I hope there's some good information that comes out. What the FBI did to Donald Trump, did to his family, did to private citizens, should be terrifying to everyone because if they can do it to him, they can do it to you. And so uh, hopefully hopefully some good information comes out of this and we get to the bottom of just how this whole Russia witch hunt hoax started, why it was able to continue for so long. It seems like every little drip, drip piece we find out that uh, there was a group of folks um, hell-bent on making sure the president uh, um, you know, was framed for all types of different things. But it turns out they didn't have the evidence because it doesn't exist. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with these uh, hearings, but uh, hopefully Comey gets his uh, just desserts. 
Hey, Hogan, I'm, I'm out of time. I appreciate it. Always good to have you on. Thank you. Thanks so much. Have a great day. You too. Hogan Gidley, press secretary for the Trump 2020 campaign. Denise D'Souza coming up next. Stick around. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin making a last-ditch effort to seal a tentative accord on an additional round of COVID-19 relief. They're aiming for an agreement that would permit another round of $1,200 direct stimulus payments, restore bonus pandemic jobless benefits, speed aid to schools, and extend assistance to airlines, restaurants, and other struggling businesses. A man arrested in connection with the shooting of two Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputies as they sat in their squad car. A Kentucky judge has delayed until Friday the release of secret grand jury proceedings and Breonna Taylor's killing by police. Audio recordings of the proceedings were originally supposed to be made public today. On Wall Street, stocks have finished higher. The Dow up 329 points. The Nasdaq ahead 82. This is SRN News. Excuse me. Have you ever discussed life insurance? Well... Sort of. Have you talked about who'll pay the mortgage if one of you passes? We definitely haven't talked about that. Well, then you should talk to SelectQuote. SelectQuote shops for you, getting you quotes from some of the country's most trusted companies, finding you the right coverage with the right carrier at the right price in minutes. Is it affordable? Well, how affordable does $500,000 in coverage for as little as a dollar a day sound? That's great. We can afford that. To get your free quote, call 1-800-212-1166 or go to selectquote.com today and get the protection they need at a price you can afford. That's 1-800-212-1166 or selectquote.com. Selectquote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. Dennis Prager is watching us spin out of control. AP style is now to capitalize black in a racial, ethnic, or cultural sense. AP style will continue to lowercase the term white in racial, ethnic, and cultural sense. Do you, do you understand that, that we are led by people with no commitment to truth? The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1250, The Answer. Hey, John Steigerwald here. As you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. And he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow either. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You will receive two-for-one low price plus free shipping. Call 1-800-716-8087. Use the promo code STAG or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code STAG. God's Word is power, and we need to be in His Word every day gaining wisdom. God is very patient, but because of our immoral society, we are drowning in debt, have poor public education, and corruption all around us. Our founders would be horrified at what the democratic agenda has become. With the right and left fighting each other, they get none of the work done. Please go to ProfitToAmerica.com. We're going to lose America. You can't remain silent. That's ProfitToAmerica.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. On the outbound Parkway East, a heavy delay, Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, about a 12-minute backup. Inbound slow into the tunnel, Parkway West, volume inbound, Banksville Road to the Fort Pitt Tunnel, but only a minor delay there. Outbound 65, all jammed up from 19 up to the McKees Rocks Bridge, about a 12-minute delay through there. Ross Township, accident, Babcock Boulevard at Rosecliff Drive. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
We'll have a couple of evening showers, otherwise becoming partly cloudy tonight. We'll reach a low tonight of 47. Times of clouds and sunshine for tomorrow, the high 61. Mostly cloudy skies expected for tomorrow night. We'll see a low tomorrow night of 43. Friday, we'll wrap up the work week with times of clouds and sun. Expect a shower in places. It'll be cool with a high of 57. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Do you like scary movies? If you do, you'll like the new movie from Dinesh D'Souza. It's called Trump Card, and it's all about socialism, a pretty scary thing, and how it has taken over the Democratic Party. You can watch it now at SalemNow.com. The man who wrote it and produced it, Dinesh D'Souza, joins us now. Dinesh, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Hey, great to be on the show. Looking forward to it. So uh, before we talk about the movie, I have to get your reaction to the debate last night, speaking of productions. <laughs> well, it was a slugfest, a mud fight, and it was a special kind of mud fight because every now and then the referee jumped in the mud and started throwing punches at Trump. So yeah. it was kind of a two-on-one at times. Uh, it was out of control. But look, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about it. I think it's partly the fact that our culture is really fractured because I went back and watched a little bit of the Nixon-Kennedy debate of 1960, and I realized that those two guys were not that far apart. They agreed on goals, but they disagreed perhaps on means. They all agreed America should be strong, America should be prosperous, we should have law and order, we should have healthy, uh, cohesive communities. They might disagree about how to divide the pie. And then I thought about today and how the Republican and Democratic Party have pulled so far apart that they want to go one way and we want to go another way. And so the disagreement is not on means but on ends. And do you think any minds or votes were changed last night? I don't think one was. I don't think so, because I think, you know, basically Biden had a very low bar. You know, he, he looked horrible. I mean, he looked like he just came out of a, a casket. Uh, but he, uh, he managed to meet that low bar by stringing together some coherent sentences, which I guess was a surprise to people who thought he might be completely out of it. Trump was his usual, you know, kind of irritable, irascible, interruptive self. Uh, at times, I think, too much. But he settled down as the debate went on, and he fell more into his normal groove. I think he scored some good points on Biden. Uh, the movie is Trump Card, and Dinesh D'Souza is the uh, writer and producer of it, and he's with us now. And um, it's about socialism. So when did socialism cease to be a dirty word in American politics? How long have we had that now where it's just kind of accepted? Well, quite Not honestly, me, I would say in the, in the last two years, because we've had socialist candidates in American history. There was a right. guy named Eugene Debs, Norman Thomas, but these were marginal and third-party candidates. They, uh, the Democratic Party itself was not a socialist party. Now, during the Depression, the Democrats did realize that against the backdrop of fear, they could do some things that they couldn't have done otherwise, and so they began this expansion of the welfare state that continued for much of the 20th century. But socialism, the explicit embrace of the word and its new meaning, in some ways we have a new type of socialism today, uh, that is only occurring now. And it's occurring not just in the Democratic Party, but also in the media, in academia, in the entertainment world, including Hollywood. So the culture is pushing in a socialist direction, uh, quite apart from the economic proposals of the socialists. You also produced a movie called Obama's America back in 2016. Uh, is your new movie Trump Card proof that we're closer to Obama's dream now than we were four years ago, or has Trump at least set it back a little bit? No, Trump has set it back, but instead of sort of digesting those changes, the left has gone even more berserk. I think what happened is the Democratic Party became gangsterized under Obama. It started under Clinton, but it really uh, reached a pinnacle under Obama. Uh, all this community activism that has now resulted in violent riots on the street, um, arson, you know, terror, and then the thugs with badges, the deep state, all of this is the fruits of Obama. Because if you think about these machinations against General Flynn and against Trump, I mean, it's hard for me to believe that Strzok and Page and Comey and Clapper and Brennan all decided independently, let's do this, let's do all the surveillance, let's set this guy up. No, somebody gave them the order. And who was that somebody if not Obama? Yeah, and if uh, I don't know if you know it or not, but uh, today Comey, in, speaking in front of the uh, Senate committee, 
uh, when he was asked about this latest re- revelation about uh, a plan by Hillary Clinton to um, get the uh, to, to start this uh, uh, hoax against Trump, he said uh, it didn't ring a bell that uh, that that, you know, that somebody in the intelligence community there didn't run it by him. I guess it didn't ring a bell with him. He's, he's, he he was saying he couldn't remember anything today. So that's what we're going to get. Well, out of I him. think that, that you know Ted Cruz put it very well when he said, "Listen, either you are grossly incompetent or you're deeply corrupt," and I don't think it's the former. Because all these guys go into sort of Jimmy Carter nincompoopery mode whenever they get, get caught with their hand in the cookie jar. Then they yeah. act like, oh, whoops, wow, I had no idea. What? Um, you know, right. and so this is the, I mean, Biden was doing this in the debate. You know, when you, you ask him about, well, you know, how come you didn't call the mayors and, uh, and the governors and tell them to, you know, stop all these rioting? He acts like, what? How can I do that? I'm, I'm not in office anymore. You know, but uh, two minutes earlier, I'm the head of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. So how much of a role do uh, Joe and Hunter Biden play in your movie? Well, we have a whole section in there on corruption. Uh, it's the Biden family racket. And see, this is something that Trump did not explain. I mean, Trump basically alludes to things as if people already know the background information. So he'll say, well, didn't Hunter Biden get a $3.5 million check from Moscow? But what he needs to say is, Mr. Biden, isn't it true that when you were vice president, every time you went to a foreign country, you took along one family member, typically your brother James Biden or your other brother Frank Biden or your son Hunter Biden. And while you were having official meetings, those guys were making side deals with the government, resulting in tens of millions of dollars flowing into the Biden family. And it doesn't show up on your tax returns because you have disclosure requirements, but your family members have raked in tens of millions of dollars and none of these people are even qualified to get this money to build build homes in iraq or run this oil company in the ukraine or do investments under equity funds in china uh, or do green deal projects in south america and so that's where all the money's come from so how do you explain how you've gone from zero to a hundred million dollars on a government salary now if trump had said that what would biden say right and you you can see the movie now at salemnow.com um I mean, this is not something you would think would would require uh, the the media to to have to work very hard to dig this stuff up. What you just described, and the only only explanation would be total disinterest in it because it's it's a great TV news story, uh, just on the face of it, just because it's a because of what it is, you know. But it because well, it's, it's huge it, and it's and it's all yeah. documented, you know. I mean, That's literally. What I mean. So, uh, they're ignoring it. They're ignoring it, and, and they're covering up. They're, even, they're doing worse than ignoring it. They're actually trying to make the story disappear. And that really shows you that we don't have a media now in this country in the traditional sense. Because think about it. When, when the founders said, you know, a First Amendment, freedom of the press, they had in mind a group of people who would be captive to neither party, in a sense, independent of government, who would be applying a kind of critical eye on the government, keeping a check, if you will, on power, uh, and exposing things and letting the public know and helping the public decide what's true and false and what to believe and what not to believe. But it's really obvious that the media in that sense doesn't exist anymore. We're talking to Dinesh D'Souza. The movie is Trump Card. You can uh, check it out right now at SalemNow.com. So uh, how dirty is Hunter, um, Dinesh? I mean, is he the dirtiest of them? Well, let's just say clean about that guy. I mean, the problem with all these guys is that, that, that if you look at them in terms of their professional credentials, they're complete losers. I mean, uh, Frank Biden has been a partner in a law firm, and he's not an attorney. James Biden has been in the construction business, even though he has no experience in construction. Hunter Biden has experience in nothing. Uh, But what (laughs) happens is all of these guys have been using the Biden name. See, the Chinese are all over this. The Chinese have a long-time policy that goes back dozens of years where they, if they want to make a deal with a politician from Indonesia or Malaysia or India, they start enriching the family members of that politician in exchange for favorable treatment. So basically, Biden figured that out. And just as the Clintons set up a foundation and said, listen, you want favorable policies from us, put money in our foundation, and coincidentally, our policies will end up very favorable to you. 
basically what Joe Biden figured out is I'll bring my family along, you give money to them, and I will do things for you. And he's been doing this for years. So when people say things like Joe Biden is out of it, he's mentally incompetent, I say he's been really competent about raking in the dough and turning his public office into a business. Uh, how about the role of COVID-19? Does it, uh, does it make a contribution to the movie? And has it made a contribution to the socialist cause? Yes, it's all in the movie. And the thing about COVID I think that's interesting is it's a real virus. Look, I mean, this wouldn't be a worldwide shutdown if it was some kind of an American, you know, CNN plot. It's not a plot. But what happened is that the, the left realized that they could take advantage of it. Just as FDR took advantage of the depression, the left is trying to take COVID-19 and say, OK, look, we got a bunch of guys sitting on the couch. How about if we keep them on the couch forever? Just give them $2,000 a month and turn them into drones who are dependent permanently on the government. Or, hey, COVID is giving us a chance to regulate things like freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, you know, even religious freedom. These are not things that we normally can touch because they're in the Bill of Rights. Even a majority of people can't override the right of, for example, a church to stay open. So, But we will use the pretext of COVID-19 to suppress civil liberties in a way that we normally can't. So, yes, they're taking advantage of a crisis it's a real crisis but it's also being politically manipulated and uh, are they dragging it out uh, or do you expect things to change after november 3rd well i think that if they win they would open up the economy after november 3rd for the simple reason that when things are starting at a very low base uh, you're bound to see some sort of economic rebound, and then they will jump up and down and go, this is amazing, we are incredible economists, we really know how to get the economy going again, and so on. So their plan is to shut things down long enough so that Trump can't jumpstart the economy again and claim credit for it. Trump, of course, had had a kind of roaring economy, and he was in a, he was in a terrible position with COVID. I mean, it's like a guy who has a beautiful car, and suddenly he's forced to get out and take a two-by-four and bash his own car. That's essentially what Trump had to do with COVID-19, but he did it. Uh, but now he can put the car back on the road, and the Dems are really scared that there might be enough economic revival between now and November that it might hurt their chances, I think slim chances, but nevertheless chances to win the election. You think the chances are slim that the Democrats are going to win? I do, and, I, and the reason I think that is because I think that we are in a very weird situation in this culture where nobody is saying what they really think. I'll give you an idea. I live in Texas in a very red area. The Republican candidate here gets about 80% of the vote. You can walk into the mall. You can walk into the grocery store. You won't see a single Trump hat. Everybody's for Trump, but no one wears a Trump hat. Why? Because our culture has basically made it so that you're uncomfortable. You don't want people coming and shouting on your lawn. You don't want people vandalizing your car. You don't want people accosting you in the grocery store. So I can imagine that all these people, if they happen to be called by a pollster, who are you for? Undecided. Why? Because ultimately that's the regime of conformity that the left has put upon us. So look, I mean, I don't think Trump won any votes last night, but I think he came across as a sort of a, a real guy. Uh, Biden came across as a very cagey politician. I think people can see through that. So even though the, what, despite what the polls say, I'm reasonably optimistic about November 3rd. Uh the movie is Trump Card, and uh, it's uh, available now at SalemNow.com. Dinesh D'Souza is the man who wrote and produced it. He's with us right now. Um, does the movie, Dinesh, actually support the notion that we hear every four years that this is the most important election in U.S. history? I mean, we do hear that just about every four years. Right. You won't hear that line in the movie because I don't like to just repeat these cliches, but I like to draw yeah. out the implications of things. So it looks to me like this. If, if Trump loses the left will do its best to stamp out, you may say, Trumpism. They will try to take all the people associated with Trump and demonize them. They will try to say, look, this was an ugly stain on our history, a terrible blip. We have to sort of wipe it out and never let this happen again. So all of this will occur, a kind of a rewriting of history, a villainization of Trump and the Trumpsters. Now, if Trump wins... He has a chance. I mean, look, the guy's had three court appointees in one term. He could have five by the end of two terms. So this mm -hmm. is a guy who can not only remake the court, but remake the country. I mean, I lived through it with Reagan. The Reagan Revolution began in 1980. Reagan had changed the country by 1988. And in fact, he had changed the country so much that the Reagan Revolution, in my opinion, didn't end until 2008 when Obama was elected. It lasted kind of a whole generation. So Trump 
has the opportunity to make lasting change if he wins re-election. So, uh, but uh, could, uh, could you expound a little bit more on just how just how bad it's going to be or would be if the Democrats should win? If the Democrats would, if Biden would win and they would take the Senate and keep the House, are we going to see uh, an extra uh, few people on the Supreme Court? Are they going to start trying to uh, drum up interest in uh, eliminating the Electoral College? They will do what Hugo Chavez did in Venezuela. So what Hugo Chavez did was, first of all, he denied he was a socialist. But when Mm -hmm. he came in, he started stacking the system. And by that, I mean changing the legislature, stacking the court, increasing the number of members of the court, uh, changing the rules, and also unleashing a regime of conformity throughout the society. In, In Venezuela, they were called the colectivos. They're sort of these thugs on motorbikes. And they just come and harass you if you're not playing along with the regime. They force you to be part of the team. Uh, And I'm afraid that that kind of conformity, we already see elements of it now, where you say the wrong thing, you're thrown off digital media. You say the wrong thing, you're denied tenure. You're thrown out of Hollywood. So all this kind of stuff, which to me is deeply un-American. I mean, America wasn't like this when I first came to this country a generation ago. So it's an ugly period we're living through. And I think if we let the Democrats have it, they'll make it uglier. So if Biden wins, has socialism won? And will there be any way to reverse it? Well, I'm not the type to say that there's no way to reverse it. But the truth of it is, you know, Biden yesterday was essentially saying, I'm not a socialist. I defeated the socialist. Well, I mean, Biden is a different, he's, you know, he's socialism light. I suppose Bernie is sort of socialism, the full scale. But that's only a difference, kind of like pushes it different from shove, you know. Uh, in other words, they're both pulling in the same direction. If you think of the free market on one side and socialism on the other, ask yourself this question, which Democrat is pulling against socialism? And the answer is not one of them. All of them, Buttigieg and, you know, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Biden, Kamala Harris, they're all pulling the tug of war in the same direction, which is away from the free market and towards socialism. Do you think these people, these, some of these people are actually, uh, most of them are, are they're smart people. Uh, how do people who are supposedly intelligent fall for socialism after what we've seen for I don't know how many years all over the, all over the world? How, or or is it, do they not really believe it, but they just see it as a, a way to gain power? Well, that's it. It's a little bit of a racket, and it's a, bit, a little bit of a scheme. I mean, in Venezuela today, although you see pictures of starving children and people eating out of the garbage, there are also beautiful restaurants in Venezuela, and there, is, there are bars where the drinks are flowing, and the people who, in, who are taking advantage of it are called the Chavistas. They're the socialist elite class that is living high on the hog. Now, I think what happens is the Democrats have realized if you rob Peter to pay Paul, you can kind of count on Paul's political support. So their idea is to use the politics of division, not just rich against poor, but black against white, male against female, straight against gay, legal against illegal. And and they're trying to cobble together a majority coalition of oppressed victims. And their idea is that if they can get to 51 percent that way, then they have a stranglehold on the society. Pretty scary. Uh, And it's a scary movie, as I said when I introduced you. Uh, The movie is Trump Card. You can see it at SalemNow.com. Dinesh D'Souza is the man who wrote it and uh, produced it. Thanks for being on, Dinesh. I really appreciate it. Good luck with it. my pleasure. And we'll be right back. Here are the facts. Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. Having to do your own digital marketing while trying to manage your business, well, there's just not enough time in the day. You need Salem Surround. You're doing all you can to market your business, but are you sure you have the right strategy or seeing a great return on investment? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. We'll design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies, using everything in our toolkit to work for you. Digital, audio, mobile, even audience-engaging contests and promotions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. 
Connecting you with new customers. Worried about deductibles and co-pays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial has got you covered. This is John Stoggerwald. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything, co-pays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three to one in benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496 and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 784 884 1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. It was good to have uh, Dinesh D'Souza on. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, his, I I tell you, the the movie is good. The Trump card movie is good. And so so was um, Obama's America, which I saw in the theater. I don't like. There, I don't know if there's any place to see a movie in a theater these days. But, um, but I, speaking of theaters, uh, I hope you've seen this, and I, I put it up on my Twitter feed at uh, at Steiger World. Steiger World, um, you um, really <clears throat> need to see this. This is um, this was put up by the Young Republican National Federation, and it was. I don't know if it was yesterday or it was it was recently, but I first saw it yesterday. There's a a, a state rep. Uh, and her name is uh, Ullman, U L L M A N. Not sure of her first name. It's a. They're caught off mic. They're getting ready to do some kind of a uh, press conference or press something, something to do with the media. And Governor Wolf, His Excellency, says to her, um, "Hey, um, I'm gonna. Uh, hey, Wendy, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take my mask off when I speak. So, and he trails off." And Representative Wendy Ullman jumps in and says, "I will as well. Just a little, uh, just a little um, political theater first. Uh, just so it's on camera. That's what she says. It's the wearing the mask is political theater." She's laughed. "I will as well. Just I'm waiting so that we can do a little political theater. Ha ha ha." Uh, and and Ullman says, "So that it's on camera. So when you see." His Excellency Governor Thomas Wolf and his Aunt Rachel, uh, and they're wearing their masks as they uh, tell us that we all have to wear masks and hide under our beds. Just be aware that to them, it's political theater, and you are an extra in their movie. That's what we're dealing with. So thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.